Hey, this is Dino, and I'm the pastor of Revolution Church. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope this message is encouraging to you and will help you to discover God's unchanging love. For more information, visit our website at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Revolution. I'm so glad you're joining us on this historic Palm Sunday. We are so glad you are with us in our series where we are making Jesus great again. I hope you're getting something out of this series. Hope you understand that the vision of our church in connection with this series is to help you to discover God's unchanging love. We change, but God never changes. His love is the same. His greatness is the same. He is making His greatness available to you and I again today. This is an amazing time that we live in. And here's the deal. Jesus has always been great. Always remember that. But what's happening is is we're reminding ourselves how great He is. We're reminding ourselves how big He is. We're not going to let culture, we're not going to let circumstances, we're not going to let situations dictate to us how great Jesus is. And I believe that when you can elevate Jesus, when Jesus becomes great again to us, we will experience a personal revival, and amazing things can happen in our lives. And here's the other thing. If you don't know Jesus, and if you don't know that Jesus is actually this great, then our prayer for you is that you come to know Jesus. You come to know for yourself personally that Jesus really is great, and a whole new life is waiting just for you. All right, last week we talked about it is God's will to heal. Jesus is great because He is still healing. But today we want to talk about on this historic Palm Sunday. Hey, let me just tell you this really quick. This is the day when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. And as he rode into Jerusalem, they called it the triumphal entry. They were waving palm leaves. That's where we get Palm Sunday. And so as they were waving palm leaves, they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the most high God. Here's what they were saying. Jesus, you're great. Jesus, you're great. This is amazing. And 2,000 years later, in the middle of this series, we're saying the same thing on this Palm Sunday. Jesus is great, and he's going to do great things for you today. All right, so last week we talked about his greatness and that it is God's will to heal us today. But today, I want to talk about, is there a requirement to receive healing? Is there a requirement to receive healing today. All right, so let's pray. Let's get into this. Get your Bibles ready. All right, we're going to dive into the Word of God, and we're going to find out today that Jesus is still great and doing great things in our life. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity always to share your Word. Lord, use me today. Let the hearer hear you, Holy Spirit, let us be one as we minister this word. Help us to deliver in such a way that the captive is set free, Lord, so we'll give you all the honor and glory in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I want to make Jesus great to you. I want to make Jesus great in your mind. I want to make Jesus great in your heart. I want to make Jesus so great in you that anytime you face a fear, a circumstance, an obstacle, a mountain, that you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is great. And if we elevate him into the great spot that he was supposed to be in our lives all along, man, we'll experience life at a whole nother level. All right, so is there a requirement 
to healing. Is there a requirement? So we're going to talk about a story here in the Bibles. Get your Bibles out. Okay, I'm going to have you turn over to Luke chapter 13. And we're going to read this together. And, you know, lately I've been saying this, get your Bibles out, because I think it's important for you to see it for yourself. Here's what happens when you read the Bible and you have that scripture open as I'm talking Hope will rise in your heart. And as hope rises in your heart, faith will come. And whatever circumstance you're facing, whatever situation that you're facing, I believe faith will come through this message to help you with, with whatever need that you have. All right. So come on, open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 13. And before we read, I want you to, to, to know the setting. All right. So Jesus is in this packed out church. It's packed. He's had this reputation already in the city that everywhere he went, people got healed. Everywhere he went, stuff happened. Good stuff just happened. They saw how great Jesus was. And because they saw how great Jesus was, they didn't have to make Jesus great again, right? They just knew he was great. We have to make Jesus great again because of the times that we live in right now. But I want you to see something here. Here, here Jesus is in this packed out church. And everybody's waiting with anticipation and an expectation Well, what Jesus is going to do because he has this reputation, all right? All right, so look with me here in Luke chapter 13. We're start reading the verse 10. Notice what it says here. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. This is what Jesus did. He always taught on Sundays, just like we're doing right now, okay? Remember, we're going to answer the question, is there a requirement to receive healing? All right, verse 11 and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. This woman was sick for 18 years. And this was a vicious sickness. Watch this. And was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. So this woman, for 18 years, if you can picture this, she's hunched over like this with some kind of a sickness that made her hunched over like this. So she lived her whole life like this. And like this, imagine going through life like this. Imagine going to Meyer like this. Imagine getting in your car like this. Imagine, you know, trying to email like this. Imagine whatever, imagine trying to put your clothes on like this. Imagine what your life would be like spending your whole life for 18 years hunched over like this. This is vicious. Imagine what your personality will become like if you're hunched over like this. We're supposed to be erect and we're supposed to experience the joy and the, and the magnificence of life where this person is hunched over like this. So you can imagine the effect it had on her personality. You can imagine the effect it had on her demeanor, her hopelessness, right? And so maybe she wasn't very kind. Maybe, maybe people avoided her because she was in pain all the time and she was always hunched over. No hope, no, no way out. I want you to see how vicious this sickness was. And for 18 years, think about that. That's half a generation being sick. And watch what happens here. Something so amazing happens. But when Jesus saw her, I always love it when Jesus inserts himself into the equation. Watch what he does. He calls for her to him. He calls her up. The place is crowded. It's packed with people. And God only knows how many other needs were there. God only knows how many people were there trying to get a piece of Jesus. But in this very moment, that this woman who's in this violent, wretched, evil situation, Jesus 
calls her out and tells her to come to him. Oh, I want you to see this and watch what happens. And then he says, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Notice the woman never says anything. She never says what she wants. She never says if she had done anything wrong. She, just, she, she does nothing. She just goes up there and Jesus says, you're loose from your infirmity. And then he lays hands on her and immediately she was made right and glorified God. Imagine you're sitting there in that congregation and you're seeing this woman and everybody knew she, was, she had that reputation because she frequented this synagogue all the time. She was a permanent fixture in this church. All right. And so imagine you're watching this and all of a sudden she's raised to life like this, free from this infirmity after 18 years of being sick. Imagine the joy. Imagine the glee. Imagine the fame. Imagine the excitement that hit that congregation that day. Jesus is great. Jesus was great in that situation. And you're going to see that he is still doing great things. All right. I want to unpack what just happened here for a second so you can see. Because remember, we're asking the question, is there a requirement when it comes to receiving healing from Jesus? We found out last week he's still healing. But is there a requirement? Is there something you have to do? Is there an action? Is there something you have to pay? Is there some sort of step that you have to take? What happened here? Let's unpack this and let's see. All right, because the first thing we see, and I'm going to answer that question, there is no requirement here. None. Jesus sees the woman. And what does he do? He calls her to him. He calls her close. Come on, you guys. I want you to see this is one of the reasons why Jesus is so great. Because he sees you too. And he's saying the same thing to you too with whatever you have, whatever infirmity you have. And he's saying, come close. Come close because I'm about to do something. This is an amazing message of what it means to be close to Jesus. What it means to be intimate with Jesus. Then it's so interesting. He calls her close. Then he says, woman. You're loosed from your infirmity. She never says what she wants. She never says what she needs. Jesus just initiates. You're loosed from this infirmity. This is amazing. It's obvious. She needs to be loosed from this infirmity. All right. And I thought this is so interesting because I never saw this before in the word of God. And maybe you haven't either. He speaks to her first. Then he lays hands on her second. This is awesome. So what's going on over here? And as I'm studying this, listen, here's where the clue is. The clue is found in this word infirmity, all right? Because the word infirmity actually means this. It means to be weak in your body. Of course, we knew that. She was weak in her body. She was sick in her body. But it also means to be weak in your soul, weak in your mind, weak in your inner person. So when Jesus said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. I really believe with all of my heart what Jesus was addressing was the infirmity that this woman felt, the condemnation, the, 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 the rejection that she experienced all of her life. When Jesus said, you're loose from that infirmity, I really believe Jesus dealt with that condemnation first. That's why he spoke to her first, because it was custom. 
in that day, it was custom understanding in that day that if you were sick, especially a long-term illness, just like this woman had, that somehow there was some kind of sickness or some kind of sin in your family line that had been passed on from generation to generation. In fact, the Word of God tells us that, that there was a time in the Old Testament that the sins of the fathers would be passed on to the third and to the fourth generation. So it was custom. In that day, when somebody had this kind of an infirmity that was just so vicious and so vile, doctors couldn't help, supplements couldn't help, listen, organic food couldn't help, because that's all they ate back then. This woman was still sick in this condition, all right? It was custom for everybody to believe, well, you've got some kind of sin in your background, some kind of sin in your family line has been passed on and we just feel sorry for you, but you are paying for something that somebody else did. How, how, how vicious is that? How sick is that? And I want you to see this. When Jesus says, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity, I believe he was saying, woman, you are loosed from this condemnation. You are loosed from this feeling of rejection. You are loosed from this feeling of not being able to measure up. You are loosed from this lie that somehow you are sick because of somebody else's sin. Isn't this awesome? He says, woman, you are loosed. And not only are you loose, I'm not holding anything against you. Here's how I know. There was no, oh, Jesus, I did this wrong and I did that wrong. There was no, there was this, there was no confession of sin. This is the first meeting this woman has with Jesus. There is no confession of sin. There's no admission. There's no, hey, let's go into the past to find out why you're sick like this. It was just simple, woman, you are loosed. From this and from you are loosed from this condemnation. You are loosed from this way of thinking. You are loosed from this mentality. I believe that's what Jesus did. He loosed that condemnation on her first. And when she was loose like that, imagine you're there all your life. You heard you deserve. You've earned this. Your parents did this to you. Somebody did this to you. You'll never get well. You're gonna live like this for the rest of your life. And Jesus shows up. And says, you're loosed. I'm not holding this against you. This isn't something that somebody else did to you. You're free. Imagine what happened to that person. Imagine what happened to you if you found out that stuff that you've been holding on to, guilt, shame, rejection, that you're actually free from it. That you're actually, you actually don't have to hold on to that stuff. Because that's what condemnation is. Condemnation is a sense of dread. It's a sense of disapproval. That feeling of always being guilty, um, memory of, of, of something that's tied to a failure in the past that you can't shake. And listen, when you get into that memory and you can't shake it, it keeps you in this loop, this loop of the past, this loop of failure, this loop of rejection. A lot of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I experienced it. You experienced it. And when you're stuck in this loop, there's no coming out of it. And that loop prevents you from taking a step forward. And I believe this woman was stuck in that loop. And the first thing Jesus had to do was free her from that mentality. Come on, somebody. I'll never forget one of my kids was struggling in school. And every night coming home crying because they felt like they were falling behind. They're falling behind. 
And so she had developed this failure mindset, a failure like, I can't keep up. I'm not smart. I'm always sitting at the back of a class. I am dumb, dad. And I kept hearing this again and again and again. Something rose up inside of me and said, this, this can't be. Because I know she's not. I know she's bright. I know she's smart. And so every night, I, I, I knelt down by her bed and I said, we're going to pray. We're going to pray and we're going to believe this. We're gonna, I want you to declare with me that you are smart. I want you to say this with me. Daddy, I'm so dumb. No, I want you to say, Dad, I'm smart. And we just kept saying this every night. I'm smart, Dad. I'm smart. And she went from crying, saying that I'm smart, to, say, to rejoice. Yeah, Dad, I'm smart. I'm so smart. I'm smarter than the teachers in my school. I mean, she went way too far, okay? So this went on for weeks. This went on for weeks. And you know what? The teacher called. And she, she called us directly. She said, I don't know what you're doing with your kid, but something snapped inside of her and she's beginning to excel and she's beginning to pass everybody in her grade. Come on, somebody. What happened? We had to get her out of that loop. We had to get her out of that failure mindset. We had to get her out of that condemnation. And I believe some of us watching today need to be free of the same thing. You know why? Because Jesus is greater than condemnation. Jesus is greater than failure. Jesus is greater than rejection. Come on, you guys. Get a hold of this today. Look what John 3.17 says. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through, the, through him, the world would be saved. So there's no condemnation in him. There's no, there's no failure mindset in him. And I got the best news of all. There is no condemnation in heaven. There isn't any over there. And so condemnation exists down here. It comes from the enemy. The enemy who wants to make you feel like you're not worthy. The enemy who wants to make you feel like you always have to be that person that lives in the past. You always have to be a victim of that failure. You always have to be a victim of that sin. That comes from the enemy. And we see right here the greatness of Jesus. He shows up. He speaks to that woman first. Then he frees her. Then he lays hands on her. And I wonder, I wonder if maybe some of this may be preventing us from receiving what Jesus has for us as well. But I want you to see very clearly, there is no requirement. None. Jesus just frees her of the infirmity. Then he lays hands on her and she's set free immediately. That is how great Jesus is. Now you would think everybody in the place would just be rejoicing. You would think that everybody would just be elated and like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. We have never seen this before. In fact, all of our life have known this woman. Look how sick she's been, right? You would think everybody would be so happy. <laughs> but let's see what happens here. Come on, we're, going, we're back in Luke chapter 10, verses 13. We're going to read verse 14 now. So look what happens. Now here's the setting. This woman's excited. This woman is free physically, all right? But really, the real freedom she received was her mentality. And once she received that freedom and her mentality, man, the physical part just came, all right? That's a lesson that we can learn right there. But now notice what happens here. Not everybody's happy. This is incredible. All right, look at this, verse 14. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. So the man that's in charge, the man that's in charge of this congregation, the man that's in charge of this crowd, the man that 
knows this woman, he stands up with indignation. He's upset. Oh my gosh, I just can't believe. What's he upset about? Because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And so this guy said to the crowd, there are six days in which men ought to work. Therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. He's correcting Jesus for healing on the Sabbath. He's correcting Jesus for freeing this woman who was bent over with this violent sickness. And he's more concerned about the law being honored than this person being set free. Man, you got to get hold of this. And, and, and why, is that, why is this so important? Because I can tell you, I, I've lived in this. I, I've experienced this, guys, where somebody can try to stop something that God is doing. Jesus was doing something great here, and somebody was trying to stop it. I remember being in a church service, and a lot of you guys know I was raised in a real religious environment. And and the the environment was so religious that you were not allowed to have drums or guitars in this environment. The only instrument that was allowed in any of our church setting was a piano, and that was it. Because the piano was holy, it was sanctified, right? But all the other instruments were of the devil, okay? That was the environment that we were raised in. So we're sitting in this youth meeting. There's probably a hundred of us. And this guy's going to come up and share his testimony that was part of the program. So he comes up, and we're watching. He's got an acoustic guitar strapped to his back. And we're like, well, what's he going to do with that? <laughs> and doesn't even introduce himself, just pulls out his guitar, and he starts to play worship songs to Jesus. That room became so electric with the power of God. I was sitting there, and I was looking around the room and going, what's happening here? People started to cry. Grown men started to feel the presence of God and started to weep because they didn't understand what was happening to them. I was looking, I was feeling something like, what is this? I've never experienced this before. And here's this beautiful man just playing his guitar, lifting up Jesus, making Jesus great again. Come on, somebody. Just worshiping Jesus. And we don't know what to do. He finishes. He sits down. The whole group of us, we we don't know what just hit us. All right? And I will never forget this. The elder of that church stood up, and the only thing he could say is, let me just tell everybody in this room that church has not said that uh, using an acoustic guitar is permissible in our church services. So I would like for you to disregard what you just experienced. There's a hundred of us. We are jolted. We're like, what did you just do? What? It was the, the, the effect was so dramatic. He stood up with indignation because a rule was violated as opposed to going with what God was doing in the room. Come on, somebody. Well, that's what happened in this woman, in this church. God was moving. Jesus was being elevated. Jesus was being great and doing what Jesus knows how to do. And with indignation, the rule guy says, I'm going to correct you, Jesus. Isn't this amazing? And you know, I think this still happens today. I think, I think men like this try to shut down the power of God. Why? 
why would he try to shut down? You know, maybe he was more concerned about the rules. Maybe he felt like this was his crowd. These were his people. And all of a sudden, Jesus just showed up, and all of, they're going to give their heart and their affection to Jesus. Maybe he was dealing with some insecurity on his own that maybe, you know, he, he knew this woman all of those years, and he wasn't able to free her. And here's Jesus. He just shows up doesn't make her confess any sin, doesn't put any requirement on her, doesn't tell her this is because of somebody else's sin, just freeze her. And this guy's jolted. Wait, 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 wait. This is a violation of the law. This is a violation of the rules. Come on, somebody. I just love it when Jesus violates the rules because you and I are more important than rules. So this is, this is what's happening here. God is moving. Now notice how Jesus responds here. Then the Lord answered him. Now, remember the setting. This isn't a private conversation. This is in the middle of a crowded church. <laughs> the leader stands up. This woman is healed, standing with Jesus. This leader stands up. He corrects the Lord, all right? The congregation is jolted. They're like, well, well what, what are we going to do here? And Jesus, I love him. This is what makes him great, you guys. This is another thing that makes Jesus great because he will stand for you. He will stand up. He will defend you. He will put you first. I promise you, this is what he does. He calls this guy out. The Lord answered him and said, hypocrite. Hard word. That's a hard word. Note to self, the only time Jesus uses the word hypocrite is when he's talking to a leader. Is when he's talking to a person that's supposed to know. Always remember that. This word gets, gets used very loosely today. But listen, it was a leader that Jesus talked to. And here's why. Jesus used such a harsh word because the word hypocrite means pretender. Somebody who's supposed to know and is frustrating the efforts of worship. That's what it means. So Jesus calls him hypocrite. You're supposed to know. You're supposed to know how to free this person. You're supposed to know how to get results for this person. And yet you, under her watch, has been kept here in this infirmity for 18 years. So no wonder why the guy probably got mad at Jesus. Hypocrite! Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? He was saying, listen, if you have an animal that is thirsty on the Sabbath, don't you... Don't you feed it? Don't you take it out to get water? Don't you take care of your animal? Isn't this woman more important and more valuable than, the, than these animals that you take care of? That's what he's saying here. Watch this. And so ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham. She was an Israelite. She was in covenant. She was in covenant. Whom Satan has bound. So Jesus points out it's the devil that bound her like this. It was Satan that bound her. It wasn't some secret sin from her past. It was Satan. Think of it. For 18 years, be loose from this bond on the Sabbath. So Jesus is saying, this woman should be loose, shouldn't she? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. Isn't this amazing? Jesus stands with this woman. Jesus stands against religion. Jesus stands against people that would frustrate the efforts of God moving. And he moved marvelously on behalf of this woman. Do you see one requirement here? No requirements. And guess what? There's no requirements on you for receiving what God has for you as well. Today, I promise you, 
I promise you, like people have been receiving throughout this series, if you'll open up your heart and allow God to free you of any guilt or shame or condemnation first, I believe God will do a supernatural miracle in your life. I believe he'll do it right now. I believe he'll do it today. But before we pray, before we go there, I want you to see something here. I want you to see the difference right here between uh, uh, two words here that Jesus says here. Verse 14, in that same passage of Scripture, it says, men ought to work. And verse 16 says, ought not the woman be free? I want you to see two differences over here. The religious leader stands up and says, men ought to work. Men ought to work. There's got to be some requirement. There's got to be something you have to do. There's got to be some sort of thing that you have to accomplish before you can receive. And Jesus right here says, no, ought not she be able to be free? Do you see the difference here? One was focused on work. One was focused on being free. Come on, somebody. Jesus wants you free. But if you think for a second you got to work for it, or you got some requirement, or you got to get your act together before you can receive, or you got to go make a bunch of things right before you can get it from Jesus. If you think that, then you're not going to receive. What Jesus wants you to see right over here, you should just be able to receive like this woman received. What was the result? When the woman received, glory came to God. And what happens all the time is when people receive and they, and they, they receive this fresh touch of God, they receive this breakthrough or this healing. Here's the next thing they do. They run around and tell everybody. And they go around and, and they'll make things right with people that they need to make things right with too. See, we think you got to go make things right first and then you can receive. I'm telling you today, receive. Receive what God has for you. Make Jesus great again despite your circumstances, despite what's in your mind, despite all the blockages you think exist. Just make him great through all of that. Then you will go on a tour, a forgive everybody tour, a, a rest, restitution tour, whatever the case is. I'll never forget a, a guy in our church that got healed of cancer marvelously healed of cancer. It was an amazing testimony. And here's, the, he, here's what he said to me. He said, Pastor Dino, I have to live for God. I have a new lease on life. God's given me a second chance. And what he did, just a, just a rugged Italian type, went to all of his family, all the people that he had offended, all the people that he had done stupid things with, and went on this tour to tell them all about the marvelous things that Jesus did in his life. Come on, somebody. Jesus healed him first. And he lived for him the rest of his life. I'm telling you, this is what he'll do here. You see, religious, this religious leader said, men ought to work. And Jesus said, ought not this woman be free. And I think he's saying the same thing to us. You don't have to work. You ought to be free. Anybody want to be free out there? Come on, if you want to be free out there, just put it in there. Say, I believe I receive today in Jesus' name. I want you to see a couple last closing thoughts here. I want you to see this. This is amazing. This one was bent over for 18 years. She could not raise herself up. She couldn't. No doubt she probably tried. No doubt she probably tried the latest supplement offered on Amazon. No doubt she visited the homeopathics. No doubt she visited orthopedic surgeons. No doubt she did all of the things that people do. But she couldn't raise herself up until Jesus showed up. 
They put no requirement on her. Freed her from guilt. Freed her from shame. Then Jesus raised her up. And here's what I want you to get. It, it, it's, it, I'm picking up from what I said last week. Don't make the infirmity greater than Jesus. Don't make that sickness greater than Jesus. Don't make that obstacle greater than Jesus. Let his greatness lift you up like he lifted up this woman. Let his greatness lift you up out of that infirmity. Let his greatness lift you up out of guilt. Let his greatness lift you up out of condemnation. Let his greatness lift you up out of rejection. Let his greatness lift you up out of anything that you think is standing in the way and allow his spirit to lift you up. I'm declaring to you today, God wants to lift you up. God wants you to come out of that chronic illness. God wants you to come out of debt. God wants you to come out of that marital situation. God has it for you. But you got to get out of it in your mind first. You don't deserve it. You don't. You don't. You have to get a hold of that. Because if you think you if you think you have to work for it, you know better than that religious leader. Just receive it. Allow Jesus to lift you up, and He will. I promise you. Yeah, but I'm having such a hard time believing this, Pastor Dino. I've tried, but I'm having a hard time believing. Don't you think for a second that God knows that? Don't you think for a second he knew that you would have a struggle with believing these things like we all do? We've all been in hard places. We've all been in hard spots where it's been difficult, where it was hard to believe. We've all been in situations where I was talking to somebody the other day when I was believing God for a healing in a certain part of my body. And I was believing and I was standing and trusting God for it, right? But here's the deal. The pain was very real. And sometimes the pain is louder and more real than the belief. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes the pain of, 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 of the delay and how long something is taking to get done in your life is louder than the belief. And here's the deal. God knew that. Jesus knew that. And I want you to see something that even in this, and listen, let me just free you right here. If you're that person that you've been standing and you've been believing for something and you feel like you've wavered back and forth so many times and because you've wavered back and forth so many times that you don't deserve to receive it, can I just free you today? Can I just set you free like that woman was set free? Ought not you be free? Ought not I be free? Okay, let me just free you because he made provision. Even in this, he made provision. I want you to see this. I want you to see this for yourself because I believe this will be a blessing to you, okay? Because he's great. Jesus is great. I want to make him great to you. Make the healer great to you. Make the provider great to you. Whatever it is you have needed today, I believe God wants to give it to you. Look with, look what this says here in Mark chapter 9. Let's read the scripture, verses 20 through 25. Come on, I want to go through this quickly. Notice what it says here. Come on, turn your Bibles over there. I want you to see it for yourself. Notice what it says. Then they brought him to him. Well, who's him and him? This is a, this is a young boy that's demon-possessed, all right? So the disciples are trying to cast the devil out of this young boy, and they can't. So they bring this boy to Jesus. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So the disciples bring this boy, this demon-possessed, to Jesus. And as soon as he gets in the presence of Jesus, the, the 
guy starts convulsing. You know why he starts to convulsing? Because deliverance is about to happen. Freedom's about to come. Come on, Jesus is about to lift this boy up like he lifted up the woman and like he'll lift you up too. So he asked his father, verse 21, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he's thrown, uh, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, the man says, the father says to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. This man is desperate. Verse 23, Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him. Come on. That was Jesus' response. Jesus never said, well, there may be some secret sin in your life. Jesus never said, now you need to go make a few things right. Jesus never said, come on, you need to bring some confession to me before we release the power of God into your son. He says to this man with compassion, all things are possible to him that believes. And I believe he's saying the same thing to us right now. All things are possible if you can believe. Can you believe today? Now notice this man's response. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe a desperate father who wants his son delivered. Come on, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. For those of you like me in those times in our life when we're wavering in our belief, this man says, Lord, help me with my belief. Watch how Jesus responds. Verse 25. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to a deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out and convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And the Bible says he arose in his right mind. You don't see Jesus lecturing this man about his belief. You don't see him lecturing him about his past. You don't see this in Jesus. Come on. He knows that when we stand believing for things, there's going to be times when we're going to waver. He knows. And I'm telling you, like he helped me, he will help you in your unbelief. He will help you in those times of wavering to receive what he has for you. I believe God has a miracle for you today. I believe if you have a need today, God's going to touch you. I want to go through this, this strategy really quick. One more scripture, and then we're going to pray for you. But I want you to get no requirements anywhere in anything that we've talked to. And he still has no requirements on you too. That's the awesome Jesus that we serve. 1 Peter 2.24 says, Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins may live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. That's for today. This is reverence we talked about last week when stripes were placed upon Jesus for you and I. His body was broken so that you and I can be well. But I want you to see four things in this last scripture here and then we're going to pray how anybody can receive from Jesus without any requirement. Come on, are you hearing me today? No requirements. 
Men ought not to work. Men ought to be free. Do you get that? This is for you today. Be free. Watch what it says over here. The, birth, the first part of that scripture says, who bore our sins and his body hanging on the tree. What this means, you have to believe that in God's mind, his great love for you, that Jesus went to the cross and bore your sin. That's the reason why when we keep talking about every single service, put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Christ. Trust him with your life. Why? Because he went to the cross 2,000 years ago and bore your sin. He took your sin to the cross and he exchanged your sin for this next part. Watch this, that, that we, we haven't died to sins, we would live for righteousness. This is the great exchange. He took our sins and then we gave us his righteousness. What does this mean? This doesn't mean that, that now that we live for righteousness, but here's what this actually means, that we live in our right standing now. You are in forever right standing with Jesus because you put your faith in him. He took your sin. Even though you still may have a few bad behaviors, even though you still may have some bad habits, even though you still may have a secret, uh, a, a violent situation that's holding you back, even though you still have that, I'm telling you, Jesus took your sin, the sin of you being separated from God. He took it from you. Why? So that you would recognize and you would understand and you would give him all of those behaviors. You would give him all those habits. You would give him all those things that are holding you. Just give it to him and live in your right standing with him. Live in your understanding. You're a child of God now. And God doesn't look at you as an orphan. God doesn't look at you as a stepchild. God looks at you today as his very own. Would you just become that? Would you just accept that you are in right standing now? See, the devil doesn't want you to know this. The devil wants you to live in a constant state of condemnation, a constant state of separated, that you are actually a child of God, but he's got you thinking that you're still separated from God because you got a bad behavior. Jesus didn't come for behavior modification. He came for life transformation. And when your life begins transformed by your right standing and how much he loves you, when you understand how great he is in your life, your behavior will change. Those things will fall off. When you start believing right, you'll start living right. I promise you. But you got to get a hold of this. You got to recognize the enemy's going to try to keep you condemned. The enemy's going to try to keep you down. The enemy's going to try to push you down and prevent you from receiving what God has for you. The enemy is going to try to make you feel like there's some requirement you haven't met. There's some work you have to do. There's something you have to do in your, to go fix something in your past before you can receive. Don't believe that lie. Just receive what he has for you. Jesus is greater than any infirmity. Jesus is greater than any sickness. Jesus is greater than any obstacle. Jesus is greater than depression. Jesus is greater than insecurity. Jesus is greater than lack. Jesus is greater than anything you can ever think of. That's just the way it is. And when we begin to understand this, when we begin to live in this, we'll walk and by His stripes we are healed. And today, I just want to pray for you. 
Maybe you're listening today and you've been stirred up. Maybe you, like that woman, have allowed condemnation. Like you deserve this illness. You deserve this obstacle. You deserve this pain. You deserve this struggle. All right, maybe you're like her. Can I free you today? Don't. You're suffering unnecessarily when Jesus is here right now to lift you up. In fact, he's calling you near and he's lifting you up. Can you just receive that today? I want to pray for you. If you're struggling right now, anybody, I'm going to say to you, be loosed from your infirmity. Be loosed from condemnation. Be loosed from the thoughts of your past. Be loosed from bad choices. Be loosed from rejection. Be loosed from anything you feel is holding you back. Be loosed from it. And just receive the goodness of God right now. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Somebody just received a fresh touch in their heart. You've been having heart issues. Someone just received a fresh touch. Come on, just receive it. <laughs> You're allowing Jesus to lift you up right now. This is awesome. Somebody else, you've just received a, uh, you've had a pain down the back of your right leg and it's been bothering you. It goes in, up into your back. Jesus is healing you right now. Oh, come on, cancer. Cancer is being healed right now in Jesus' name. Just receive it. You're allowing yourself to be free from the infirmity. You're allowing Jesus to lift you up right now. Come on. Put your faith in Him. Put your trust in Him. Can you make Him great again? Come on, if you're watching today and you've never put your faith in Jesus, let me pray for you. Let me just lead you right to the Master on this Palm Sunday. The greatest gift that you could receive today on this Palm Sunday is to receive faith in Jesus and that you come into the family of God. If you've never received Christ into your heart, pray this simple prayer. Pray it just like this, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I surrender my life to you. Help me be free of any infirmity. I turn them all over to you now in Jesus' name. I believe you're the Son of God and I receive you today as my Savior. Amen. Amen. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to take the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give and about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.